We have. We have. We have. We have. That invitation extended. It's amazing to me how the world gets so caught up in temporal ailments. But they refuse to address the, the eternal. Kind of ignores the eternal. When really that is the thing that's of utmost importance. That's the thing they need to be concerned about. Or those things that are eternal. And we as members of the body of Christ. We as the church. Those who have been called to be ministers of the word of reconciliation. We have an obligation that when the world don't know where to turn, when the world is confused, when the world is chaotic, when the world is asking questions, when the world is not sure what's going on, folks, I'm telling you, that gives us an opportunity to present the gospel. That hope, that assurance, that assurance that changes people's outlook on, on life. You heard last week, the scripture, 1 Timothy 1, 7, that tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear, power, but of power and of love, or 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And it's during these type of events and during these times that I believe as, as, as Christians, we really go all out to exercise that sound mindness that we utilize the wisdom and the advice that God has, has directed us. Uh, we, we use that sound advice or that, that sound of mind uh, in order to, to glorify God and to share with the world what they just so hear. You know, this past year, you know, this past week I've been thinking a lot about the... Uh, uh, corona scare, uh, the hype and all the the hype and all the the hype that's that's going on about it, and how the world has has responded, how to such a, a frightened and, and in such a frightened and, and crazed uh, fashion, uh, you under, and it makes you understand exactly how the beast, the antichrist, how the, the one world government, how all of that is just going to fall into place and be able to lead people uh, to into 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 uh, things and such to be in such and such to be in such and such panic if you've ever wondered how how the beast is going to be able to do that now you know now you know I don't think it's going to be that I don't think it's going to be that that difficult and uh, seen and uh, seen and uh, offers all sorts of answers and and answers and and uh, Things that the world uh, hog wild, uh, hog wild over because because of what we we need to understand during these times that God is on His throne. Amen. We need to understand that God is the one who is in control, and we've been called to preach the gospel. We've been called to stand for Christ. We've been called to stand for Christ. We've been called to stand on His Word regardless of circumstances, regardless of conditions, regardless of what's going on in the world. We have a mission. We have a, a, a job that God has called us to do. Um, this morning, I'm not going to get into the, the political aspects or the, uh, the, the media-hyped uh, stuff that's going on with all this, I, I might, not today, and not because uh, uh, I'm, I'm afraid to get into that. As a matter of fact, I, I think we do need to get into that. I think it is relevant uh, concerning last day scenario, and when you start considering things that are going to happen in the last days, God's Word tells us that we're to redeem the times, uh, we're to make sense of what's going on so that we can share. Um, is is this is it absolutely is it absolutely is it real scary absolutely i'm not trying to downplay i'm not just certainly not a hoax it is certainly not a hoax it is certainly not a hoax at the same time i think but at the same time i think that the church 
and with our mission and what God has called us to do, we need to be aware. In in Second Thessalonians, in, in Second Thessalonians, in First Thessalonians, you know, that that the day of the Lord is that that the day of the Lord is not going to come upon us as a thief in the night. That we're to be aware, we're to understand all the things that are happening in the world in order that we might be able to declare to a really friends, and that's Christ Jesus, and that's Christ Jesus. So uh, here in a few weeks, we, we might be looking, uh, looking at, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but as a, God's word's very clear, God's word's very clear, God's word's very clear, God's word's very clear, God's word's very clear. Daniel 12, 1 talks about how the tribulation, talks about how the tribulation, there's going to come a time such as, is, is the worst it's ever been. A time, there's going to be such a, 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 a time like has never been before of tribulation, nor will ever be again. So as, as a church, as a body of Christ, uh, we've not been appointed to that day of wrath. And that's something that we need to rejoice over because as members of the body of Christ, we're going to let a, uh, but a, uh, but a lot of our friends, a lot of our loved ones, a lot of people that, that we care about perhaps will be. And so we need we understand what we understand what we understand from God's word stuff that's that's going stuff that's that's going stuff that's that's going stuff that's that's going on stuff that's that's going on um, I kept thinking about what do we need to focus on and I think from God's word we focus on what Paul had the church in Thessalonica focus on wrote letter that he wrote letter that he wrote to a body believers it was a young for this this young for this this young church folks there had some real real concerns the persecution that was going on to this Lanica who was Lanica who was in full force uh, so Paul's first letter that he ever went to this church, went to this church in Thessalonica, in, in Thessalonica, in, in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse happening. It's exactly what was happening. It's exactly what was happening. Starting with verse 13. This cause also, this cause also, we, because when ceasing, because when ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received men, not as the word of men, but as in truth, the word of God, which effectually works also in you that believe, became followers of the became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For you also have suffered like things of, even as they have, even as they have of the Jews, who bought us and their own prophets and their own prophets, and have persecuted and are pleased not God and are pleased not God and are contrary. To all that they make to the Gentiles, that they make to the Gentiles, that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time, endeavored the more endeavored the more abundantly to see your. We would have, wherefore we would have, wherefore we would have come unto you even again. But Satan again, but Satan hindered us, or our joy. Our, our joy, our crown of rejoicing. Lord Jesus, presence of our Lord Jesus, presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His end, glory and glory and joy. Look at Acts chapter chapter, Acts chapter, Acts chapter seventeen again, along the lines of what was going on here in Thessalonica as Paul was writing to this young group of of believers. Uh, we're having extremely difficult Acts Act, Act 17 verse 1 now when they had passed through uh, Amphipolis and Apollonia they came where was a synagogue of where was a synagogue of the Jews and Paul and in unto them and in unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures Opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered from the dead, and that then from the dead, and that this Jesus whom 
we, Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas and the devout Greeks a great multitude and the chief women not a few but the them envy took unto them envy took unto them certain lewd fellows of the Greek there the, the Greek there the, the Greek there identifies them as as market loungers market loungers these these are people just looking for trouble looking to people just looking to to get into trouble so they were nonsense so they were nonsense so they were market loungers they had layouts look for look for things to do that was not good so they were lewd fellows of the baser sort i like that they gathered a company and set uproar and assaulted the uproar and assaulted the house of jason and saw jason why jason jason why jason poor old jason went what but he but they just knew that he but they just knew that he loved the lord that he knew that these people were just looking these people were just looking for trouble. They were just looking for commotion. Uh, commotion. So they assaulted them not six, and when they found them not six, and when they found them not, they drew Jason and of the city and crying these of the city and crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received. And these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that the people and they trouble the people and they trouble the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken security of Jason and of the other, they squeezed some money out. They squeezed some money out of them. Thessalonica, you can see there in Thessalonica, you can see there in Thessalonica, it was pretty dangerous times. Thessalonica, there was a lot of trouble. And so Paul comes to them and he writes to them. And the theme, Thessalonians, and Second Thessalonians, and Second Thessalonians. Remember when we went through Christ of the book? In the volume of the book, it's written to me, and we identified Christ in every book of the Bible. In Thessalonica, uh, the Lord Jesus has, has the believer's hope. All of the believer's hope. Through all of this believer's hope. Through all of this turmoil. Through all the stuff that in Thessalonica, in Thessalonica, through all the dangers, through all the things that was causing them to be frightened, the, the, the thing that Paul presents to the believers is the believers is the believer's hope. Things, folks, things, folks, things haven't changed. Regardless of the conditions, regardless of the conditions, regardless of the danger, regardless of what's happening in our lives and around us, Christ Jesus is still the believer's hope. The whole point of First and Second Thessalonians as the coming, as the coming one. So around Christ is around Christ is the coming one. And the book of Thessalonians, the both of the books of Thessalonians, three things that Paul really things that Paul really focuses in on with these young believers. On with these young believers. Number one is the rapture. He's assuring them that there's a rapture. Were about that. They were about that. They were. Not to sound like Yoda, but the second thing was the fact that uh, you've not been appointed to the wrath that's coming. The rapture's going to happen. You've not been appointed to wrath. You. And the third thing, focus, focus. Was a, and rose again, and rose again. All the other things, yeah, they mattered, but that was the thing that Paul was focused on. Truth to this, the truth to this young body of belief he is, he is, he's 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 the coming one, and he is the one that saves. It is the gospel. It is the gospel that changes lives. As a matter of fact, it was an accident that the gospel that it that the gospel had such an influence. The gospel had had such power in these people's minds and in their head. One of their accusations, one of their accusations against these believers, and for Paul looking for his for Paul looking for his those that are company with him. The the things the accusation that they brought against him is those that have turned the world upside down. They've come here too. What an indictment. What an indictment. Indict me all day. 
with that. Those that have turned the world upside down, why they're here. Well, that was good. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Starting with verse 1. What all did Paul focus on? Greeted them. Chapter one, he says. Chapter one, he says. Um, he's thankful how they turned from idols. They heard the gospel. Verse ten, and to wait for his son from heaven, the dead, even Jesus from the dead, even Jesus who delivered us from the wrath. To, he, he's preaching the rest. He, he's preaching the rest. Uh, the resurrection. He's pre- he's preaching. We've not been appointed. He's preaching. We've not been appointed. All of those in in that. And then verse. And then verse, and then look what he does in chapter 2, verse 1. For yourselves, brethren, know that our entrance into you, that useless, it was not useless. It was not useless. Us, us coming to you was not useless. They, they presented the truth to this group in Thessalonica, and the people re- and the people responded because the, the one, the one, of, the one of the things that as, 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 as I realized the, the importance of standing here and delivering sermon after sermon after sermon, that I want to that I want to stress. And whatever you preach, minister and to preach, minister and to preach, is that the gospel has power, that the gospel is what changes lives, that it's the truth of God's word. It's my ability, it's not my ability, it's not my abilities, it's not what I'm going to spoil, it's what God's world, it's what God's word says. Stick to God's word. Stick to God's word. And when God to this, the word of God to this, the word of God to this church in Thessalonica, him, the gospel, him, the gospel. People thing for these people thing for these people who were doing what does it say? They were worship. They were worshiping idols. They were so far off in left field. And I guarantee you, well, I can't guarantee you, but pretty. Unlikely that the people you witness to on a day-to-day basis at work have idols at home that they're worshiping. And maybe call the TV or maybe football or maybe idol. But they don't have idol. They don't have idol set up that they're worshiping. As coming up against that, as coming up against that as much as what Paul. Did. They'd go to. They'd go to. Their, they'd go to. They'd go to their places, religious idols, and worship these idols and worship these idols. That, that, that his entrance to them was not in vain. And what God calls us as we reach out to a lost world, and that is to be bold as lions and gentle as lambs. God calls us to, to sing that, sing that, the rest. And the truth of God's word is going to impact people. Going to impact people. Have them impacted. Have them impacted. That the truth is going to have power. We are going to have power. We can trust it. We can keep on it. So that when we open it, so that when we open our mouths and boldly speak the truth, that the Holy Spirit is going to use that just as God used it in here in Thessalonica, to make a difference. As Paul focused on a lot of different issues that were going on, a lot of dangers, but the thing that was the most, the thing that was the most, the thing that was the most telling is that there were that, that needed to hear, that needed to hear that Jesus saves and that because the tomb is empty, because the tomb is empty, and Paul declared for yourself, for yourself, for yourselves, brother, know that our entrance into came. Verse 2, but even after that, we had suffered before. 
and were shamefully treated, as you know, at Philippi. The God to speak unto you, the God to speak unto you, the gospel of God with me. They, can, they continued to preach. The, they, everywhere they went, they, everywhere they went, they, run, they ran into all. There was a wall. There was a wall from teaching this truth, from teaching this truth. You go to Acts 16, you go to Acts 16, it's morning, but you go to Acts, with Paul and Silas, with Paul and Silas were there in Philippi, and the story is uh, they were preaching, they were teaching, and there was this woman that followed, and she was filled, and she was filled with a demon things cry out and she would say things cry out and she would say things and actually what she what she accurate what she accurate what she was saying was true and she, she would follow them and she, she would follow them and she would say that they the Christ that the Christ that the Christ they were preaching is the true and living. finally just has to stop because finally just has to stop because that that evidence a source that a source that was was not going to be pleasing to God. It was coming, you know, Paul was saying, hey, I don't want you, this demon, because I don't want people relating and the demon, and the demon, and thinking that these demons, and, and, so Paul just, and so Paul just stops and says, you know, come out. And that demon does what? It leaves her. Seeing this woman, seeing this woman, those who were of her as she would tell of her as she would tell people's fortunes as she uh, things to uh, things to uh, to make her they realize when they realize when they realize that ooh she didn't have that power anymore she didn't have that ability anymore it tells you it was it was real then they got really upset with Paul and Silas Because they had taken away Silas, went and grabbed Paul and Silas. Grabbed Paul and Silas. They took them and they threw them just. And they, they didn't throw them just. And they, they didn't throw them just in prison. They and they didn't. And they didn't. And they didn't just throw them in the inner prison with chains that with chains their feet in their hands so they could. But, but, what? God in saying, praise God in saying, praise God in saying. What a, what a testimony. What a story. What a truth. Not complaining, and if anybody had a... And, and before they did that, what had they done to them? He'd beat them. So not only are they in the inner prison, not only with chains, but they're hurting. Having no Tylenol or ibuprofen or anything to took. To take, and they were there, and they sang praises to God. And boy, did God act in such a miraculous, wonderful way! And the Philippian jailer, he saw what was going on. And sirs, what must I do to be saved? And believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And, and he was saved, came to know Christ. But there was that that incident. There was that suffering. There was that that time when it just things didn't look too good for Paul and Silas but with the power of God and the preaching of the gospel it changes lives regardless regardless of the circumstances that's why Paul says we were treated badly there you God to speak unto you God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention this happened to us in Philippi we left Philippi we came to it just continued it just continued in Thessalonica but God is still faithful because it is the gospel that changes lives it's the gospel that they were focusing on during these times for our exhortation for our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. Of allowed, of allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. Even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tries our heart. You know, I read that verse, you know, I read that verse loud, heard aloud, heard aloud, or approved. The Greek word there has to do with 
with being approved of God. So it's 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God. It's the same word. Loud. We're allowed. We're allowed. We were approved of God. Trust with the gospel. Trust with the gospel. God, to know that God, to know that God has called each and every one of us to be ministers of the word of reconciliation. Not your elders, not just your de- your elders, not just your deacons, not just your deaconesses, persons, but every person. But every person who claims the name of Christ, you are an ambassador, you are a, a minister of the world and creation. And God in first laborers you, a laborer you, a laborer together with God. You are a laborer together, you are a laborer together with God. He's made us pause. I affiliation process. I affiliation process. I just stand amazed at that. Tim, or no, Tim, or no, we're labors together. It's the first time. Us part, us part of his reconciliation process. Some people, some people, some people waterers, some people planters, and looking to God to give that increase, but looking to us to be part of that message. That Jesus saves. And you know what's unusual? Well, not unusual. You know what's what's sad? What's sad about all us all to be ministers of all us all to be ministers of the word of reconciliation? Ninety-five percent of those who've been made new share the gospel. Share the gospel. Of those who claim of those who claim the name of Christ have never sat down with someone and led them through what, what God says about how they can come to know. I'm going to ask for a show of hands. I'm going to ask for a show of hands. I'm not going to do that. Of tr- a show of trust, a show of trust in the power of God. Put it to the test. Put it to the test. To see, but speak out, but speak out, and tell for them, for them. He was buried for them. He rose again. He lives to make intercession for them. He saves. He offers eternal life. His gift is eternal life. Share that truth and just watch the power of God go to work. Well, I stumble over that. Yeah, but the Holy Spirit doesn't. I, I trip and I fall and I, I just can't quite. And the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit really take usation and usation and uses it so that you see, wow, it wasn't me, it, was, it wasn't me, it was God and His Word that made the difference. And there's two things I know. I know, I know I've seen it happen too many times. Number one, that the gospel is the power of God into salvation. When people hear that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is at work. I, I, know I can stumble, I can fall, I can stumble, I can fall, I can trip over and things that I, I'll, and things that I, I'll, and, and most of the time I'll leave that or why, why did I say that or why did, why did I say that or why did I, yeah, I, and this is it, this is it. The other thing I know, scripture brings, scripture brings scripture to your mind and to your heart when you take a stand for him and you are sharing the truth with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to bring those scriptures. You may say, I just don't know that much about the Bible. Well, that's why you study to show yourself approved. What? And you just watching what, what, and you just watching what, what, what God does. Put him, Holy Spirit to the test. Spirit to the test. I'm just not capable. He is. He is. And the fact that this could perish, the fact that this could perish, the fact that it's God's will that all men be to youth, He is going to youth, He is going to use you to get that word and message out. Faith, and we talked about this, I, I, I know so many times, you said, preacher, you're preaching the same sermon over and over. 
Maybe I will until we all get it. Maybe that, maybe, maybe, maybe that's. God uses, God uses his word. To be allowed of God, to be allowed of God to be put in together. Labors together. Labors together. And I love that word. And boy, as we've been put in right, we need to make sure we're preaching the right. We need to make sure we're preaching the right one, you know? Gospel. We're preaching the right gospel. We're preaching the right gospel. We need to make sure we're preaching that gospel that was delivered to Paul, the one that he calls my gospel. Describes first, he describes 1 Corinthians 15 when he presents the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We need to make sure that we are not confusing law and grace, that we're not confusing we're preaching. But we are preaching, but we are preaching the true and living God. The gospel of the kingdom with the gospel of the kingdom with the gospel of the grace of God. And that in Galatia. And that in Galatia. And that's exactly what Paul was talking about. If we or an angel of heaven come and preach any other we've preached, let them we've preached, let them be accursed. There was a wrong gospel. Good news. Under the kingdom program, there was the gospel of the kingdom. There was the good news of the kingdom that was being presented. And you had Judaizers that were going up to Galatia and saying, you got to be circumcised. You're saying, you got to be circumcised. You got to obey the law of Moses. You got to hear. And they were hearing, and they were hearing the gospel. The, that's impulses. That's impulses. That's, that's not a saving gospel for station. station. You can keep the law of You can keep the law of you can keep the law of Moses. That's not gonna, you, with that guy, with with that guy, with with that kingdom gospel. But that's not going to save you. What's going to save you is the gospel that's been delivered to me concerning the death, burial, and resurrection, and what God from before the foundation of the world had planned to do through that death, burial, and resurrection to offer salvation to all by His grace. That's the gospel. It's it's not getting in line with the Mosaic law. It's not the works that were mandated during the kingdom message. Not gospel. Not gospel. Not telling people you have to do something except for what you have to, except for what you have to do to be saved. And that's the book. It just, it just concerns me so much to hear people, people that I, that, that I know know the Lord. By faith they've trusted Christ. They, by, they believed in His death, burial, and resurrection. The Lord, the Lord, but they add, they add to, has to do, has to do in order to have a root. And they confuse, and they confuse that gospel By adding works, anything tells you to do anything tells you to do anything that's contrary to what the scriptures and the Pauline epistles say you need to do to have a relationship with God, they are leading you wrongly. There is not if you want, where it tells you that if you want to, where it tells you that if you want to be saved, you better ask Jesus into your heart. There's no place in the scripture where it says that. There is no place in the scripture that says if you, if you want to be saved, you're going to have to get water baptized. You've got to come down an aisle. You've got to make Jesus Lord. Folks, he is Lord whether you make him Lord or not. He is Lord. The problem is, the problem is, is that so many people have wrapped up and have wrapped up and I've got to do something. I, I, I've got to do something in order to make God love me more. I've got to do something to add. Yes, he says, I trust in and by faith I trust in him. Uh, and I've asked prayer. I, I've done prayer. I, I've done. I've done. I've asked him into my heart. I've believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt know what know what they're, they're intentioning. They're just wanting to they're just wanting to make sure that, that I guess, I guess, solidify that solidify that solidifies. I'd do what that. I'd rather do what that. I'd rather do what God says. See, if a person thinks that I asked Jesus into my heart, and 
The Bible doesn't say you have to ask Jesus into your heart for you, believe you, believe that he was buried and he... What does the Holy Spirit do? According, according, according to God's word, places you and builds you into the day of redemption. Builds you into the day of redemption. That's what God's word says. See, I don't want somebody to think they did something right there, right there, right with God when they've not believed that he died for them. And they say, well, if you ask Jesus into your heart, you, you, you believe that he died for you. Okay, and, and I hope so. That if you ask Jesus into your heart, then you, you have believed that he rose again. And if that's the case, we have, but I'm just saying, we have. But I'm just saying, we have to be careful, add to what, not to add to what, not to add to what we have to do to be saved. Christ died for our sins. Christ died for our sins. We believe that Christ, what's that actually admitting? What's that actually admitting? You're a sinner, right? Right? And you're, recog- and you're recognizing that it's the death of you that saves you, that saves you. But man comes along and he wants to say, well, let's, let's add to the all-sufficiency of Christ. It's less not saying. It's less not add to that. What he's not add to what he's not add to what he says you need. Let's need to do something. Let's need to do something. Let's not do that. What he men pleasers. It's what he men pleasers. It's what Paul goes on to say. People want works. Or subtract the gospel adding to the gospel adding to the gospel adding you need to do something how many and how many and there's probably more churches right now preaching more preachers preaching talking about how uh, i'm okay you're okay that you know god that you know god uh, god really didn't hold anything against you he's a loving god and there's so many ways for oprah. I, I think that's uh, oprah i, I think that's uh, that's what they hear okay and I'm okay, and I'm okay, and God loves you just, well, he loves you, well, he loves you, but what he offers to do for you, and, and for you, and, and for you to think that you're not a sinner, that, that, God's, that, that, that uh, God just, and loves everybody, and loves everybody equally, and experience with Christ, and experience with Christ, and, or not, and still go to heaven, that, uh, uh, the main thing for you to do is whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, that's dangerous too. That is so dangerous. And that's why we have to focus on what God's Word says you need to do to see lives changed. And that is to believe the gospel. That we were a lust with the gospel, lust with the gospel. Even so, we speak not as pleasing men, but God which tries our hearts. And folks, I don't want, I don't want to be a man pleaser. I, just as Paul here was talking about the fidelity of truth, we want to be faithful to the truth of God's word. The fidelity of truth. God is witness. 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 Um, a lot of the stuff that's going on today in a lot of churches, boy, they were going, that was happening here. I think that's interesting. Paul was wanting to make sure that, that they understood that they didn't come in patting them on the back and, and trying to make them feel good and, and feel accepted and, and, and just all tolerable. And, and boy, they came in teaching the truth of God's Word. They didn't use flattering words nor a cloak of covetousness. What is covetousness? I, I just think that's interesting. That covetousness has everything to do with, with what you desire, what you want. Um, to covet something means to want something. Want something that you don't have. 
you do this and you'll get this. See, Paul didn't come into that church in, in Thessalonica and go, hey, do I have a deal for you? Boy, do I have something. Uh, step right up and you do this and you're going to get this or if you want to live like a king's kid and if you want this prosperity well then here God wants you all to be rich and God wants you all to be uh, healthy and God wants you this and and all you have to do is send us a thousand dollars and that will be guaranteed see Paul did not get into any of that because it's not true Trust Jesus and your financial worries will be over. All your problems are going to cease. Nowhere in Scripture, nowhere in Scripture does God say that He wants you rich and prosperous. God wants you faithful. God wants you faithful. And that, that's what Paul's talking about. We, we didn't come to you under a cloak of covetousness. Promising you, you do this and you're going to get this. But boy, the church has just gone the other direction, unfortunately, when it comes to that. You want large crowds? I had somebody tell me once. You want large crowds there, Rick? Here's what you need to do. And it had all sorts of really weird things. One was you need to have a healing service. doesn't matter whether you heal anybody or not. Just have one. I, they, they said that. doesn't matter. Just, just have a healing service. And, and, and if you promise people all of these blessings that if they come, and, and I'm not kidding you. I, I had someone set me down. And um, but it was right after I came to this church. I, I didn't listen to them, and I tried to straighten them out, but it, it didn't work. And it, but here's the main point to that is if you want God's blessings, you need to do this, this, and this, and this. Or if you, want to, if you want to grow that church, you've got to do this, 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 and this. And in order to grow a church, I am not going to go against God's Word. I'm not going to do it. I, God's Word's too important to me to, to do that. But here, here's the point. I have already been blessed with all spiritual blessings in Jesus Christ. I've already been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. What, what more, what, what could the world offer? What could the world offer that would make it finer or more wonderful or more exciting than knowing what God is doing in my life as He conforms me to the image of His Son and knowing that what is prepared for me, knowing what He's prepared for you, knowing what is coming, oh, I wouldn't trade that. But see, that's what happens when you mix law and grace, when you mix kingdom program with body truth. And you start, people get really mixed up. That's what Paul was saying here, making sure this young church, these young believers understood. Verse 6, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherishes her children. Later on, verse 11, as we know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his children. You talk about love. You talk about attention. You talk about caring. You don't get much caring than a mother who nurses, uh, nourishes her, her baby or as a father that takes care of his, his children or his grandchildren. That's even more fun. There was an attitude that this apostle to the Gentiles had as he made sure these people understood the truth of God's Word. The truth of God's Word. What do we focus on? What do we focus on during these difficult times, during these times when the world just seems to be so concerned with everything that's going on and they're looking for answers and the world is in turmoil what is our mission our mission is to speak the truth of God's word our mission is to trust God our mission is to pray 
Our mission is to let people know, thus saith the Lord, and that he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's what God has called us to do. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. We'll be done. I almost forgot about this verse, and I don't want to. Galatians chapter 1. As we stand for the truth of God's word. Galatians 1 verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. And that is what we want to do. We want to make sure that that gospel that we preach, that gospel that we stand for, 2 Corinthians 4, real quick. 2 Corinthians 4. One and two. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses one and two. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom, and this is, this is the point I want you to understand, in whom the God of this world, who is Satan, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Well, that is a scary thought. You think coronavirus is scary. i got to tell you, there is a world of lost people out there who are blinded by the power of the enemy. And they walk in darkness. That is scary. That's what's frightening. Because their eternal life is in jeopardy here. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Ah, verse 6. The other verse said that Satan's blinded the the eyes. Look at verse 6. For God who hath commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Satan is blinded, but we have a message that dispels that darkness. That that darkness cannot stand against. For the gospel is the power of God into salvation. That is our message. That needs to be our focus when the world is coming apart, when people are rushing the stores to buy toilet paper. And you know what that tells you? I'm going to tell you what that tells you. I've been thinking a lot about that this week. Why toilet paper? You know what that tells me? It tells me that people today, society today, is more interested in convenience than necessity. Just their their mindset. It's not what's necessary. It's what's convenient. Yeah, I mean, we all like it. Everybody. We like being comfortable. Right? I don't see any heads going this way or this way, but we all like being comfortable. But when society gets to the point that the first thing they think of when there is such a dreadful, deadly, horrific disease, potential disease situation out there, that it's their convenience. I don't know what that says. I'm still thinking about that. But that's, that's kind of bothered me. Is that where we are as a society? 
But regardless of where the rest of the world is, here's where we are, folks. The gospel is the power of God into salvation. And regardless of which direction the world goes, regardless of what's on the headline news, regardless of what's taking place, we preach the gospel. And we preach the truth of the gospel, the good news, that Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. And if you want to have a relationship with God, you believe that. And God does the work in your life. He is the one that makes the difference. And the moment you do that, He starts work in your life to conform you to the image of His Son. The moment a person believes that Christ died for him and rose again, God glorifies that individual. He sanctifies that individual. He justifies that individual. He redeems. He, 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 not you, 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 you. That's the point of this message. That's the point of the message we as a church desires, desires to share. Amen? How God offers salvation to Jew, to Gentile. He's no respecter of persons based on His amazing grace. Let's pray. Father, we come before You this morning. And in times like these, how thankful we are that we have a Savior. It is in times like these, how thankful we are that You love us that you are on your throne, that the tomb is empty, that the message that you've called us to share is not an empty, vain message, but it is powerful. Father, I pray that you will enable us to see the power in that truth. Father, may we dare to test that power. Be used of you to reach out to a world that's scared right now with the truth that Jesus saves. Father, may we be an example of not fearing. May we be an example of sound mindness. May we be an example of love. May we be an example of power during this, during this whole episode. Father, I pray if there's anyone here who has never by faith believe that Christ died for them paid the debt they owed may they believe that this very moment and may they believe that that death showed your tremendous love but they believe that the resurrection explains and describes your enormous power and because of the resurrection of Christ, they too will have life eternal. Father, may they put those two together. May they understand how, how important those two truths are. The good news that because Christ paid it all, Calvary covers it all. And because He is not here for He is risen, come see the place where the Lord lay, is absolutely true. May they understand that you can save them to the uttermost that that gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ is real and heaven can be theirs. And Father, we pray all these things in Christ's holy and most precious name. Amen.